Hey guys, this is Val Moody, hashtag Tom Val M-A-D. That stands for making a difference. That's right. We are making a difference while making millions. You are going to absolutely love this episode. It's episode seven. I interview Eric Ville. He's chairman, something to do with our EU. Um, just all around great guy. You're going to love this interview. And if you get something out of it, drop us a five-star review. Definitely subscribe to the podcast Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, on TikTok. Again, hashtag Tom Val MAD. All right, enjoy. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the air with us. Um, always great to hear from you, especially with that British accent. Um, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? I know you as all around great guy, fun guy, kind of our very own 007. Um, but <laughs> Can you just tell us a little bit about you, um, what your title is? I never know what your title is, what your title is in um, your background a little bit. Yeah, sure. And uh, thanks, Val. And thanks for having me on. And uh, it's an honor for me to, to be with you today. Well, uh, titles, I'm not into titles. My dad used to say, don't matter what they call you, son, as long as you're earning the money. But um, my, my official title over here is Chairman of Relive Europe. Um, I've... Uh, been with Relive now for nearly 17 years. It'll be 17 years in um, in March uh, of uh, next year. And um, basically, I've been looking after the interests of Relive uh, in the countries of the UK, Ireland, uh, Germany, Holland, uh, and Austria, and uh, more recently in France, of which you played a big part in, in helping us get France open. Oh, I didn't do that. That was all Caroline. That was Caroline, Francoise, Miriam. I just kind of led the way when Caroline was was here in, in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you came over there and you supported them. So, and that's important, I think, to, uh, to the, that was important and is important to the people over there. So, and France, of course, now is the, I think, the second biggest uh, performing country in sales-wise uh, behind America, if you take countries as they, in their own right. So, I know we're seeing we're seeing some really great movement um, coming from from the from the from the EU, you know, in in general, and especially with France. I mean, Caroline's definitely paving the way, and Francoise is a Hall of Fame member. So, so I know you've got a, a pretty wide background, a pretty deep background with network marketing. Can you give us a little bit of that background? Yeah, sure. I mean. Um... Well, over 40 years ago now, I've been, well, I've been involved in nearly 41 years. Um, I was in the advertising sales game before that, hard-nosed salesman going around selling advertising space to folks. Uh, I, was, um, I was making a lot of money. I drove around in a, a lovely, a beautiful car. I was only, what, 23, 24 years of age. Uh, and I think friends looking from the outside, looking at me, thought, this guy's got it made. Um the trouble was inside, I wasn't happy though, uh, at all. Um, and I know a lot of people would probably think that you're crazy. You've got, you've got you know, a job that is giving you all this, this, this money and, and you're living the high life. But I just didn't like the people I work with, I'll be honest with you. I didn't like the principles that they got. And I started to look around for other things. And I'd read a book that, in fact, our uh, chairman and founder Bob Montgomery talks about, which is th uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in there, it, uh, it actually, um, it says that if you, uh, to, to be, what is it? To, to help yourself, you must first of all help others. 
And that kind of resonated with me. But I thought, where do you get a job like that? And I, I, I was invited to a meeting, probably the same way as you were, and a lot of people involved in Relive, to go along and take a look. And um, I, had, I didn't look back, to be quite honest with you. I went to bed that night. I, all I saw was circles on the ceiling and what have you. And if I did this and what, because we didn't have computers or anything like everything was done on a flip chart. And um, I then spent the next six months making every conceivable mistake you can think about in, in network marketing. But it's an industry that has, uh, has rewarded me. I haven't worked for 40 years because I actually love what I do and going out there. So, uh, yeah, 40 years experience in the industry. So it's funny that you mentioned that because I can relate with two of the things that you said. One is, um, you know, when I... Before I heard about Relive, I was a project manager at Home Depot, worked a lot of hours, traveled. I was in a different state every day. I made yeah. decent money. Um, and and kind of like you with my friends, they all assumed that I had this great, wonderful life and, yeah. you know, loved the travel and all that. Um, but realistically, I was exhausted. I was tired. I hated my job. Um, you were more open-minded though, because it took my friend, um, I canceled lunch on her five times in two months before I finally <laughs> met with her um, to, hear about, to hear about the opportunity. I went first time. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took her five times of calling you, but you know what? Initially she was only telling me about the product because she yeah. knew I had some blood sugar issues. It wasn't until she told me about the kind of money I could make without having to get on an airplane um, before I finally listened and actually showed up to hear about it. Um, the other thing that I can relate to is you said in the beginning, you made a lot of mistakes and that kind of thing. And that's what I did. What a lot of people do when they start their network business is they assume, oh, I can go out there and just do this on my own, yeah. you know, rather than using, you know, leaning on their upline to kind of pave the way and teach them. Exactly. I mean, that, that's, that's what the upline is all about. We are invested. Like you said, we're invested in helping other people be successful we don't make a dime unless we help somebody with their health or their income. So talk a little bit about why somebody would want to use their upline initially. Well, I would, um, <laughs> I would class myself when I first started as being an uplines nightmare because, um, you know, I came in, I came from a salesy background, well, a hard nose sales background, to be honest with you. And I thought it was all about selling. And plus the fact these two guys were considerably older than me at the time. And the third element was I had this huge ego. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I thought, what can these two old guys teach me? You know, I, I'm, I'm the young buck. I'm, I'm the, you know, the new kid on the block and whatever. I'm going to show them how this is done and I'm going to build an organisation uh, that, you know, will, will blow your mind. And uh, I tried to teach everybody to sell. So, but the first mistake I made was that I didn't listen to my two upline. And I was very fortunate uh, because both of them were very strong people. They were a lot shorter than me. The people who don't know me, I'm, you know me, I'm six foot six. I'm, I'm, I'm built like a barn door and, um, you know. And, You're a big guy. <laughs> yeah, a big guy. Yeah. And um, these two guys were probably around five foot six, five foot seven. And uh, you're they, looking they, down, patting them on the head. <laughs> you got it. You, you, were you there watching? And uh, they, they, called, they called me in and um, they basically sat me down and said, Look, you, you, we want you to listen to what we've got to say. We want you to keep your mouth shut, which we know is hard for you. 
but we want you to listen. And if you listen to what we said, you can go all the way and do some pretty good stuff, really incredible stuff in this industry. We feel if you don't listen to us, you'll probably be around for another six months and then that's it, you'll be lost to the history. And and they were strong enough to, to sit me down and, and basically one of them, Phil Page, who I paid an awful lot of tribute to, read me the riot act, you know, told me that I was trying to sell everybody, trying to teach all my new distributors to become salespeople and what have you. And a lot of people, most people don't want to be like that. And Phil said, I always remember Phil saying, it's about taking somebody from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow, taking them on that journey. It's not important where you want to be. It's important where they want to be. And by that, doing that, you will in turn take yourself nearer to where you want to be. Well, of course, that resonated straight away with the message that I read in that book, you know, is that you will serve yourself by serving others. And so fortunately, then I started, after six months this was, mm-hmm. I started to, to listen to, um, to what they were saying. And, and suddenly I became a student of what my upline was saying. So for me, rule number one is always plug into, you know, Caroline um, in France plugged into you. And as did Miriam, as did Anne Favreau, as did uh, Francois Pulizac. Francois, as you know, through all the efforts that, you know, she just didn't suddenly become a a Hall of Fame member uh, just the other week. She became a Hall of Fame member uh, years ago because of the work that you were putting into Caroline and Caroline was putting into her, et cetera. And um, it's all because of listening to your upline. So that was the first mistake I made. Well, and it's interesting because it took me six months to sponsor my first Mr. Affiliate um, way back then because I had my own ideas. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. I'm sure I can do better. Um, You know, instead of just listening to the very, very simple things um, that I that they were trying to teach me and I wasn't listening. And you bring up a very interesting point. we have we have a lot of new people listening in on this. I'll give you a little background. Caroline the Borier started in Detroit. She's originally from France. Her husband was transferred back to France, and that's why she moved back. Relib was not selling in France. We did not have any products available there. And Caroline decided she was going to open France. And and we didn't realize she was serious at first. But I will say this: she did an excellent, incredible job of keeping things simple, which created the duplication because she learned our system, meetings, trainings, all that kind of thing here in the US, took it over to France. And when I went over there, they were speaking a different language, Um, but everything I saw was exactly what I had taught her two years prior. And that's why that's the power of duplication because when you keep it simple, anybody can do it. There's no need to complicate anything. Well, you you had given her the treasure map, Val. Well, and she it, chose it, to follow it. Not everybody yeah. chooses to follow that map. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. But you had given it her. And as, as you know, I worked with Caroline and she was very determined. She was prepared to go the extra, as we say, the extra mile over here. I don't know whether you use that saying in America. Yeah. But, you know, I can, I can tell you a story about Caroline very quickly. Um we didn't have a French-speaking sales operative or a distributor operative that could take phone calls, could take orders in French. Caroline was that determined. 
to be successful that what Caroline did was with all the distributors that and it was growing on a daily basis as you know growing quickly right it, at a, at a, at a, you know accelerating so quickly but because we didn't have a friend Caroline didn't moan about that what Caroline did was say to everybody right if you have an order to place today make sure that your order with your details of payment are with me by two o'clock in the afternoon. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, Caroline would get on the phone and talk to, I'm just trying to remember the name of the gal that worked there. She's, she's not with, she retired, but she would phone that gal, that girl, I'm talking American there, gal, it's girl in English. <laughs> <laughs> um, she would phone that girl and place all the orders herself. She'd go, right, okay, here is Miriam Bavoutier's order. Here is Francois Poulizac's order. Here, here is Anne Favreau's order. And she would go through all the orders every single day, five days a week. We didn't have um, uh, shopping carts or anything like that. She did it all herself. And she must have done that, I, I guarantee you, for three or four months before I thought enough's enough and we're doing the volume now. We went out and hired a, a French-speaking girl. But that's how determined Caroline was. Well, and that's that's kind of what it takes um, to build a network business is you find a way. You find a way. You know what needs to be done, so you find a way to do it. And, yeah, um, yeah her, her determination has, I mean, she's just an incredible leader. Um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit. Um, a few months ago, you did a segment on one of our Level Up trainings that I absolutely loved. It was about sorting because yeah. so many, and, and I say <laughs> sorting is, is the British term for finding the right people to work with. Correct. Um, yes. <laughs> but because a lot of times people, you know, they'll talk to two or three people, they'll get a no, or, you know, you know, as a new distributor goes, you know, you're way excited. And then somebody tells you no, so you're kind of down in the dumps. Yeah. And, you know, as, as new distributors, we think, oh, we've got to get, you know, Aunt Sally, or I've got to get my best friend. If, if they don't sign up with me, then it's just not going to work. Um, Tell, talk to us a little bit about sorting. Yeah, okay. Well, as I said, for the first six months, I didn't listen to my upline and, and I actually spent six months selling or trying to persuade people to join me. Um, and, um, well, people joined me. They had been sold on it. They weren't really committed to it. And, uh, you know, within a short period of time, a lot of them left me. Um, and again, it was Phil Page and Tom Davis, these two guys that turned around and said, no, you, you just need to find out who's with you and, and who isn't. Stop trying to be the persuader. Stop trying to be the salesperson. And, and I always remember Phil Page, he said, it would be great in your life if you could get everybody into one big room and say to them, right, this is the deal, right? Those of you who are interested, go to the right-hand side. Those of you who are not interested, go to the left-hand side. Those of you on the left-hand side, I'm still your friend. I'm still your buddy and whatever you thank you for listening, but off you go. I'll be <laughs> in contact. Uh, I will be in contact in a year or so. All of you people, right, let's go to work. He said, if you could do that, it would be fantastic. But fundamentally- I love that idea. Let's do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, fundamentally, you, you, I see it after that. Then I used to watch. And you will have seen this, Val, especially when we we have um, meetings in a in, in well, you you guys in Chicago had the biggest meeting going ever there, and so when you have live meetings, 
how many times have you had it where you've had the new distributor or reasonably new distributor who turns around and says, don't start yet, don't start yet. Uncle Frank, right, Uncle Frank's on his way. I know he's on his way. There must be bad traffic on the freeway or on the motorway, as we call them over here. Just don't start yet. I don't want Uncle Frank to miss one single second of this. And the fact is, as an experienced person, you're at the front of the room. And you know what? You know that 99 times out of 100, Uncle Frank isn't coming. Nope. Uncle so, Frank's never shown up. Yeah, we but we the get to meet him. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, yeah. is there really an Uncle Frank? Does he really exist? <laughs> He's someplace. But it, but, it, but it goes on for weeks. The, 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 the new distributors pinned all their hopes on Uncle Frank. Mm-hmm. And really what they should say is, you know what, Uncle Frank, you didn't turn up. Love you. Move aside because I'm too busy because now I've got to go and talk to uh, Auntie Jean or, uh, or what have you. But they seem to, they seem to hang on that, that one person week in, week out. And, of course, what Uncle Frank's thinking is, oh, boy, is he desperate? Exactly. Or is, he, is she desperate? So by becoming a sorter, right, um, one of the best sorting methods I have ever heard comes from a friend of yours. And that is uh, Trish Fisher, mm-hmm. right? And she stood up on stage in St. Louis. And what Trish does towards the end of every month, she goes around all the new distributors and said, right, on, a, on, on one being I'm not interested and 10 being I'm so excited, it's unbelievable. But she says on one to 10, what is your interest in becoming a master affiliate? She doesn't try and sell it to anybody. She sorts them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an eight, right? Well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work with you. I'm a one. I'll keep in touch with you, but, you know, I've got to go and work with the eights, nines, and, and tens and what have you. And when she stood up, I thought, she's a sorter. She's not a, a persuader. Uh, uh, so we spend too much time, or people spend too much time chasing the one person. Once you've given them the chance to take a look, and once I understood this, I, I'll tell you, I'm, you know me, I'm a bit of a, I like a bit of a joke and stuff like that. And I like to, you're to fun, smile. Eric, you're fun. <laughs> yeah, well, but I like to have fun by myself as well. And I, I, can, I can remember inviting people to come to meetings and they didn't turn up. And instead of moping about it and ringing them up and saying, why weren't you there? Why didn't you come and join me? I just left it alone because I knew that I was going to, bump into them at some stage and um, I'd be going around the local uh, um, superstore uh, uh, grocery store with my trolley and uh, I'd bump into them and they'd go uh, oh hello and you could see they were embarrassed because they didn't turn up at the meeting and they'd go oh I'm awfully sorry I didn't turn up at the meeting uh, um, my uh, my parrot had got a bad leg and I had to stop at home to look after him or something, some lame excuse like that. And I would go, ah, that's okay. It probably wasn't for you anyways, to be quite honest with you. And you could see, what do you mean it wasn't for me? What's wrong with me and everything? So I used to, uh, I used to play around with them. Do you know what? One of the people that I chased, I tried to persuade all my life, was my best friend who fortunately passed away when he was 60. But you know what? He was never, ever going to join a network marketing company, whether it was mine or whoever it was. It just wasn't for him. 
And I, if you like, I chased him because he was my best mate and I wanted to work with him. But he's the only one that I ever really tried to persuade and and, and bring in. Um, The rest of them, I just, right, okay, fine. Thanks for letting me know. It means I can move on. You've given me permission to move on to the next person. Don't be hanging around trying to persuade and sell the whole deal to somebody. A couple of points with that is that um, one of the things that we used to do in Atlanta, because um, that's that's where I started, is if somebody didn't show for a meeting, um, you know, the next day just call, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know if you were there or not. There were so many people, you know, yeah. I'm assuming you were there, you know, how, what did you think? And then they have to tell you, you know, if they weren't there. Um, but, it, but like you said, that fear of loss where you kind of take it away, where it's like, yeah. Yeah, we don't need you, you know, yeah. if you're interested, great, but if not, that's okay. Um, and the other thing about how you easily moved on, um, you know, even though you wanted your best friend to, to work with you, cause we want to work with the people we love and care about. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I heard years and years ago is always, if you're sitting an appointment or whatever you're doing, it's always who's next. If you're yeah. showing somebody the opportunity and they're interested, who's next is going to be somebody that they know. Yeah. If you show them the opportunity and they're not interested, Who's next is going to be somebody else on your list yeah. Um, so that you can, you always are thinking about, okay, who's next. I always have somebody that I'm going to go to based on whatever the outcome is of this meeting. Um, Another, another um, take on the persuade sort side, if, if it's of interest to you is actually when people are actually in the business. Um, And again, this was pointed out to me uh, by those two guys I mentioned earlier. But um, when, when my organization started to build, what happened was is that, and what happens is that you, 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 you go into um, white night mode in so much that if you've got somebody who's struggling, right, you think, I must go and help them, right? I will save them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so what you do is that you go and spend your time with somebody and try and again, it was described to me as being like a balloon that you're blowing up. What you don't know is there's that hole the other end. And as you're blowing it up, the air is just coming out. And they are probably people who, who don't go in, in, in relation to relive that they don't go on the Monday night call. They don't appear at the Tuesday night meeting or the zoom meetings you've been having um they don't bring people to meetings as such and phil always said to me if you can look yourself in the mirror and say i have done everything i can as regards coaching and teaching that person right then it's time to see if they can fly by themselves but yet over here i've got a val moody who like is like she is tearing it up she's 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 bringing people to meetings. She's on the Zoom call. She wants to do the presentation. She's getting orders in every week. la di da all the stuff, you know. And he said, that's where you go and pour your energy into. Yeah. Sort, sort out the people who want to work and do it and, and, and not. And Phil gave me two bits of advice that if Phil was alive today and he asked me to pay for that advice now, I would say to you that I would have to pay him a seven-figure sum. And those two bits of advice were, number one was speak to three people a day, not necessarily about really, just speak to three people a day and get to know people. 
and they'll give you the reason why you can contact them or you know talk about relive and the other said thing he said was don't waste time with duds now i don't know if you understand what duds are over there but it basically people who are not never going to do it even though you've shown them you've 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 worked with them said don't waste your time because go and waste or use your time 90% of your time working with those who want to build it and sort who those people out and then go and work with them exactly thank you I had a laugh I don't know if you just heard that Tom was walking through he's got a zoom going with Caroline and a new line that she's got going so there was there was a bunch of French words going through (laughs) going through the room for a second ago (laughs) Um, does does Tommy speak French now now he doesn't the look on his face was like help me (laughs) (laughs) I don't speak that much French um well, thank you so much. Any last, so I know you just gave us those last two bits that you would pay seven figures for. Any yeah. last advice you would give for a new distributor? Never give up because really won't quit on you. You'll only quit on yourself. And I'll give you an example of what's happening in Germany right now. Uh, seven years ago, um, I was at the house of Andreas and Nadia Reinhold. I'm sure that you know who they are. Uh, They're a ton of fun. Fa- fantastic couple from Austria. And I was with Joe and Carol uh, there. And uh, in the house was a girl, uh, was a guy called Michael Reich. And uh, he had just signed up a girl by the name of Carmen Stamp. Now, Carmen was a very, well, Michael's an interesting character, very, um, how can I, seemingly dour sort of German, you know, hello, Eric, how are you? And uh, uh, et cetera, every time he speaks to me. But Carmen was an interesting character and her husband, Walter, because um, they had sold their house and they had bought, do you call them Winnie Bagos over there? We oh, yeah, an bought- RV, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, this was big. And what they did was they chose to travel and live in that Winnebago, mm-hmm. right? And so one minute you get in contact with her and say, where are you? She said, oh, you know, I am I am in Barcelona looking at the sea. And then the next minute you'd phone her and say, I'm in Cologne now in Germany. And But great character. But this was seven years ago. And over the years, sort of Carmen was in the background trying very hard, but never, ever gave up. And neither did Michael. And Michael used to come up to me at conferences and go, Eric, when will my business take off? (laughs) Yeah. And I said, well, are you doing the things you're supposed to do? Yes, I am. Are you doing the things that Andreas and Nadia are showing you? Yes, I am. And I said, well, you if as long as you never give up, one day it will take off. Well, What's happened is Carmen has done exactly the same thing. She's never given up. And about six months ago, she signed up a girl called um, uh, Birgit uh, Merton. And Birgit Merton um, and her have just gone to work. And suddenly there is an explosion of growth in Germany very similar to what we had in France all those years ago. So you know what I'm talking about. It's gro- and, it grows rapidly. And, and, and Michael has just gone key this month. Carmen has gone key. 
But this is seven years after the event. They did the right things. They kept planting the seed. And it reminds me of, and I'll, I'll close on this story, if I may, is that um, one of the fast, or I don't know if you've ever heard of the moto tree. It's a, a Japanese bamboo. And the farmers plant the seed, and then they water and fertilize it. And nothing happens the first year. They water and fertilize it the second year, and nothing happens. The third year, water and fertilize it, nothing happens. Fourth year, the same. Fifth year, the same. Sixth year, the same. In the seventh year, that tree grows 90 foot in 60 days. Right? And that's the same. So you've got to keep fertilizing your business by talking to people, watering it by going to meetings, listening to your upline. So my advice would be some of you will take off like a rocket straight away. Some of you, it's going to take a little bit longer, but continue to listen to your upline and never give up. I had to turn my mute on and off because while you were talking, the dogs went nuts. Tom came through with the French guys again. <laughs> That's just what happens around here. Um, but thank you so much. I really appreciate the time you've taken um, to share your wisdom with us. Sorry, that's the Chihuahua, Winnie. Um, really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope you know people not only listen to this themselves, but guys, share this, share this podcast. Get it out there so other people can hear Eric's advice um, and, and learn from his lessons. So that, thank you. I look forward to when we actually get to see you in person again. Well, it's been a pleasure. I love working with you and with Tommy. I want to thank you for all the support that you give Europe because um, I know that you do. And uh, yeah, like you, I can't wait until we meet again. Just uh, wish everybody, a, I wish you all a very successful Level Up event this weekend. I know it's going to be an absolute blast. And for people to have the opportunity to listen to Barb, and Eden and Steve Merrick, I mean, I'm telling you, that is just one, something to feast on. So, uh, and you've arranged that, so well done. And thank you for everything. Thank you. It's like a triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. <laughs>